Hello and welcome to another new episode of Tony the Movie Guy, the podcast. This week we are really excited to bring you director and creature creator Todd Tucker. He is so amazing and I have a big passion for special effects makeup. Um, I used to take classes in high school. I was so into freaking out my neighbors by creating, you know, bullet wounds and other injuries and like going over to their house. So this was a really, really cool moment for me. He is the nicest guy and he toured us around his warehouse excuse a little bit of echo we were in a big warehouse uh, with all of his fabulous creations uh, and screened for us the terror of hollows eve his new film coming out this october don't worry we'll remind you it is really good guys it is the perfect halloween movie and even for me who doesn't love horror as a genre i loved it it was great it was so entertaining so i hope you enjoy listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed recording it enjoy Welcome back, everyone, to a brand new episode of Tony and the Movie Guy. I am Tony and the Movie Guy, and with me, my co-host... Miss Money Annie. I'm really geeking out over this episode. Um, I have a real cool guest. I, I met you about a month ago. Again, this is what I love about living in Los Angeles. Um, director, creature creator, Todd Tucker. Super nice guy. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you very much for having us. Absolutely. And then also Ron Halvis, uh, you're a producer and you're also a co-owner of Illusion Industries with Todd, correct? That's, that's correct. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. That's right. So I, uh, he's saying welcome because we're not recording from our studio. We're recording from their studio right here in Burbank, which... Uh, this place is like a, what do you call it? Like a. It's awesome. Yeah, it is awesome, but it's also like a, a nerd's like paradise. Yeah, literally. It's like, I, we've been, so Todd and Ron gave us a tour of their studio uh, where, you know, they have all their creature effects, makeups, things like that. Uh, I mean, your body of work is really impressive. It's so Thank you. cool. Um, so we've just been nerding out and, you know, we got the comic books, we got t-shirts and everything. And <laughs> anyway, so um, we're going to talk about all of that. We, uh -huh. we really are. Um, and also, you know, so you're directing. So you just screened. Uh, I feel like a little girl right now. You're so lucky. <laughs> he, you just screened for us um, your feature. Well, no, this is your second film as a director, right? Uh, second unit directed a few films, uh, but this is the second film that I wrote and directed and, and was really our yeah, baby. See, we're just going to jump right in right now. So this, the first one was... Uh, it was a movie called Monster Mutt. It was actually made for kids. Uh, it was kind of a Harry and the Hendersons type film. Yeah, which I love that film, by the way, and it looks super yeah. fun. Yeah. And then, so you just screened uh, The Terror of Hallow's Eve for us. Correct. Um which was, look, I, I mean, I told you at the outset, Miss Money Annie is the big horror buff. Yes. yes. I'm not a big horror buff. And I was genuinely, I mean, I'm not just saying this. I was genuinely impressed with that film. Thank you. Thank you. It was pretty terrifying. But what, what I loved about this movie is it's based on a true story. It's based on true events. Correct. Um, so I realize I'm doing all the talking right now. So tell us about this film. Let's start with that, Terrors of Hallow Eve, just because it's so fresh with us. Yeah. Well, basically, 
um, I wanted to create a horror film that had a really strong base that might reach out to people uh, more than just being a horror film. And so in doing so, I took a storyline of something that actually happened to me when I was about 13, 14 years old, where um, I got beat up and bullied really bad by some some guys. Um, And I took that premise as the setup for the lead character. Uh, Basically, the kid gets beat up. He goes home. uh, He carves a pumpkin that he finds. It's Halloween night. And uh, he makes a wish of revenge and his house is turned into a poltergeist of evil creatures and he lures the bullies back and they uh, die one by one violently. Right. All led by the trickster. All by the trickster. Which is voiced and played by Doug Jones. Doug Jones from uh, Shape of Water, Pan's Labyrinth, Hellboy, Ape Sapien. Everything. Yeah. He is by far one of the... He is the top and the best uh, creature performer and actor, just actor in general. He's incredible. Um, Miss Maniani, did you know about Doc Jones before yes. I told you about him? Um, you mean before today? Yeah, before I told you yes. about him. Well, because he's Doc someone... Jones is legendary. Yeah. Oh, Anyone that likes is. horror is but a fan of But a lot of, of people Jones. don't know him. And I'm yeah. so glad that, especially with The Shape of Water, it's yes. really kind of put him in the limelight. Yeah. Um, but one thing about Doug is he's one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. And this is the voice of Ron Halvis, by the way. (laughs) Hi, Ron. Hi. He is really one of the nicest people you can meet. And the night we did when he was uh, the scarecrow, it was freezing cold. Oh, yeah. And he was going through all of that and never complained. He was just a real trooper. That's awesome. He was really nice to work with. That was terrifying. Genuinely terrifying. (laughs) And here's something interesting that, that you guys may not have seen or noticed, but... When we actually shot the film originally, the trickster character was an animatronic puppet. Oh, wow. Really? And after we edited the film, uh, the puppet just seemed out of place with the film. I don't know. It just didn't quite click. And the connection between the kid and, and the puppet just wasn't working for me. So we had Doug Jones as the scarecrow character in the film, and it was just amazing. And everyone was like, oh, my God, that was so cool. So the fix it was to bring Doug Jones into play the trickster. So what we did was, and the film had already been edited, so what we did was we brought Doug in, we put him in a makeup, we put him against green screen, we shrunk him down to about three and a half feet, we digitally made his eyes bigger, and then we put him directly over the top of the puppet in the film. Wow. Yeah, that's one of the things that we looked at, because we, this is a 13, 14-year-old boy, the trickster had to look like he would go along with him. Right. So it couldn't be real scary. It couldn't be a monster or something. Right. We wanted to make sure it seemed real that Timmy would go along with the trickster right. on what they were going to do. Yeah, I was impressed with how you made Doug Jones look small because he's really tall in real life. Yeah, right? he's like six four, I think, somewhere yeah. in there. So, but yeah, shooting him against green screen, we weren't sure, you know, how well it would work putting him directly over the puppet. But uh, we had a, a CG guy named uh, Patty Cullen who just we started off doing 18 visual effects when we finished there was a hundred wow and it was it was all basically manipulating the practical characters that we made um the only thing that was cg completely cg in the film was a hundred spiders coming down (laughs) that was spooky right tunnel (laughs) i have some friends who would just run spider lovers i covered my eyes (laughs) no you peeked a couple of times i saw you peeking yeah yeah and then uh we actually used doug's voice for for 
the trickster. Oh, right. That was actually right, right. dubbed. I, I noticed that and all the way, yeah. He was almost, they overdub him almost every single time. He said oh, this is right. one of the and first other... times never use his voice. they actually wow. used his real voice. Yeah. Even when he played Ape Sapien, uh, they That's switched him out at the last minute, and it was, uh, I'm blanking on the actor's name, but he was the brother on Frasier. Oh, it's a British type of accent or something. Yeah. Isn't it? Oh, yeah. that's crazy. I know who you're talking. Is it uh, David Allen Pierce yes. or yeah? Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, something but, like that. Yeah. But they always replace his voice for some reason, and I'm not sure why. And a lot of characters he plays are monsters that don't have a voice. Right. So, and I will say, and this was really cool when we had the cast and crew screening. Doug came and uh, after the film, he leaned over and whispered in my ear, and he goes. I love the trickster. He is one of my favorite characters. Thank you. Aww. Coming from him, that's oh, that impressive. Was, I almost teared awesome. up. I yeah. was just like, That's no. like a real compliment because he's really played cool. all the greats. Yeah. Now, look, Doug Jones is obviously uh, incredible in this, but I was actually genuinely impressed with the whole cast. The cast in this film was a quality. Yeah, good actors. Quality actors. Yeah, we had, uh, we had Sarah Lancaster, who from played the mom Chuck. from Chuck. And I she. Love her. She was really, she, really, she, she, know, was she really helped ground the film because her character was so, such a strong female character and the mom who was trying to take care of this, this weird kid. And, you know, she came in and she really grounded the film because there's so many weird things going on in this film, but her character kind of continually brought it back to a, a real place. Yeah. Right. And she was amazing. Um, yeah, so I professional. Really loved her. Totally. So, yeah. She came in prepared every single day. She was so professional and so easy to work with. That's yeah. awesome. And then Caleb Thomas. Who, so he's the lead. The kid. Timmy. The lead kid who plays young he was me. He's great. Um, I never auditioned him. Wow. Actually, really? no, he was shooting a film for Nickelodeon in Spain. And I did a, a Skype with him. And I really cast this, this film based on gut feeling. And I wanted to make sure that he felt kind of like how I was when I was that age. And my biggest concern was that I knew he was 24 years old. And I needed, needed him to play 15. Right, he's playing a 15-year-old. You know, I didn't even think no. about it that until you mentioned never, it. Yes. I talked to him it's for like about... It's like Daniel LaRusso and the Karate Kid, which remember, I said yeah. there were references. It yeah. kind of, the storyline reminded me of that. And Ralph Macchio he's was got, like, he was 28 right? playing a 16-year-old. <laughs> right, right. He's got the Ralph Macchio disease or this whatever that is. could be the, the next, game. the Karate Kid, yeah. the horror man. Yeah, but he came in and I was, I wanted to make sure that he didn't, that he felt like he was the right age. Right. And, uh, he was, he was perfect. So he was, we never auditioned anyone else and I barely, I didn't really audition him. I just knew that he was the right guy. And then, uh, and then it was interesting cause all the other characters, literally every single character in this movie, every actor in this movie was my first choice. Wow. There was nobody that didn't, wasn't able to do it or That's anything. Great. And believe it or not, the hardest character to cast for this film was April, our, our lead character girl, because I kept bringing in all these girls and they would audition and they would audition for the sweet, cute, you know, girl, not a problem, easy enough. But as soon as I would have them play a scene where they were crying and frantic, none of them could pull it off and make it believable. And the only one, and the only one that did pull it off when she was crying, looked like she was being tortured, and it was a weird look. <laughs> so when Annie came in, she came in and looked didn't look like an actress, looked like some girl next door. And I was like, that's your first great quality. Yeah. And then she did the sweet part, and I'm like, cool, you nailed that, everyone has, next. And she started crying and going into the next scene, and I literally was just watching her. And I went, wow, she's beautiful when she cries. 
I completely buy it. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself while I'm watching her. And then I realized that I'm letting her cry for a long time. <laughs> and I felt bad. And I'm like, oh, I mean, stop, stop. Yeah, you're, You actually apologized to her I afterwards did. for I, keeping her crying so long. I was, I was so I happy. I was going to say, she knows how to scream. Yeah. yeah. That girl. No, like, she does the terror really oh, well. Man, the horror yes. terror, which you have to have down and not be corny. But she was also a strong girl character, yeah. too. I mean, she wasn't, she wasn't a... And damsel she didn't in look, distress. No, she wasn't a damsel exactly. in distress, and she didn't look like a typical Hollywood actress. No. Right. I didn't want anyone to feel, um, I didn't want anyone to look glorified. I wanted them to look like real people. Yeah. yeah. And I wanted their acts, their acts and their performances to really be kind of small so it didn't feel like they were acting. Yeah. And I kept pulling everybody back and go, relax. I, look, I was really genuinely impressed. Like the actors were solid. They were all professional. They gave great performances. I was really impressed with the, the direction. The sound yeah. was yeah. phenomenal. The sound design. It was and, phenomenal. Yeah. We have a guy that I, that we worked with actually on our last film too, uh, called Monster Mutt years ago. Uh, he actually did all the sound design and probably about 60% of the music a guy named Jeffrey Allen Jones. Right, very 80-ish, yeah. John Carpenter-ish, the music. Absolutely. I, I was telling you, this film is kind of a perfect timing right now. We're in nostalgia. The 80s are like more popular than ever with yeah. Stranger Things. And it really had that feel while also having something fresh. Yeah, it was, you know, we actually made this and started putting this together before Stranger Things came out. So I had no idea Stranger Things was yeah, coming out. Go. And then when it's it came out and people started comparing this to it, I was like, that's not a bad thing no. at all, man. I'll take it. That's so, like my favorite thing right now. So right now, more than anything, when we took this to the different festivals and, and we would show it to people, the the main thing people would compare this to was they said the first 30, 40 minutes felt like Stranger Things and then the rest of it felt kind of like it. That's yeah. a perfect assessment, yeah. actually. So I'll take that. God, and they're all <laughs> so hot right now. Doug Jones, yeah. it, Stranger Things. And, and in October, John Carpenter has... Halloween. Halloween coming out. That's I know. I'm right. so excited. Danny the same time, the Terror that. of Hallow's Eve will that's be great. coming out. Well, that's what I was going to ask yeah. you. So it, it's coming out around Halloween. Should that's be coming the out this, this Halloween, yes. Okay, awesome. So yeah. we're looking forward to yeah. that. And I, I, I want to mention, if I didn't make it clear, so you wrote and directed this. And um, you guys, did you co-write it together? or? Well, we did the we did the story by right. together. Basically, what happened was is I I would come up with about thirty pages of an outline for the story, and since it was based on stuff that happened to me, right. and I was putting all my favorite genre stuff into this, I wrote thirty pages, um, and then what would happen is I showed it to Ron, and Ron would give me some notes. I'd make some adjustments, and then I sat down with our screenwriter uh, Zach Ward, and Zach Ward is uh, Scott Farkas from uh, Christmas Story. Oh. The, the film, right. the bully with the coonskin yeah. hat. Yes, oh that's my so gosh. cool. You watch every Christmas you see okay. over and over Christmas. and over. I, I have to tell you something. Just a full disclosure is Tony and the movie guy because they give me a hard time about I do this. Give them a hard I'm time. like the only person in America who doesn't like that movie, oh. and maybe it's because I'm British. Uh, maybe <laughs> because I didn't grow up with yeah. that film. No, that has, that's definitely a film where yeah, they all grew up with it. Yeah, I know I exactly. No, no, yeah. I know exactly who you. Well, she's English too. That's what's yeah. funny, and she loves it. Oh, so well. no, but um, I know exactly. They made me watch it. Yeah. Um, but it's just funny because like all everyone. Yeah, it's like it's like a part of Christmas yeah. tradition. Oh, that yeah. Film. yeah, that's so, great. Though. So Zach came in, and we we sat in my office for about three weeks. And just went through the story over and over and just flushed it out. And then he went off and wrote uh, the first screenplay version of it. And then uh, I made a few more changes. Ron gave me some more notes. And ultimately, 
uh, we, we shot the film, uh, put it together, and then after we put it together, we actually realized that we were about seven to 10 minutes short. So we, uh, I came up with another, uh, a new ending for the Which film. Which I told you I was, was raved about. Right. Because yeah. I thought it was going to end when it was originally going to end. Right. And I was like, okay, that's cool. But I, it really took me aback when you added that extra. I was like, that's so yeah. cool. And it just sets it up for so many that's, sequels, man. Sets up the sequel, for sure. So. Sequels. That ending is also very Halloween-esque of a lot of the Halloween movies. The, yeah. The well, I was... A, I, for me, Halloween was the scariest movie I've ever seen oh, yeah. Yeah. as a kid. I mean, it, it's, it's, the, it's the only movie that gave me nightmares. Oh, yeah. Only it's terrifying. One. It's, it was terrifying. What's and the music? Is that the one with the... Oh, no, no, that's... Yeah, no, his soundtrack was amazing. So incredible. it was funny because as I was putting this all together, I would drive back and forth to work every morning, and all I listened to for probably 10 months was John Carpenter's... Uh, Lost Themes CD, which he came out with, uh, I think a year and a half ago. Yeah, I've listened like to them. So I started, I started envisioning the scenes while I was listening to the music. That's really sweet. And then after we started shooting the film, I was like, I wonder if there's any chance in hell that I could get John Carpenter to let us license some of the music from the CD. He was a little reluctant, and I said, "What do we have to lose? Just yeah. go ahead and." Ask. Oh, so you did. So I reached out to Sandy Carpenter who is his wife, Sandy King Carpenter. And we had done some stuff with her in the past. And I called her and I said, I know John doesn't let anyone use his music and I wouldn't either. And I go, but is there any possible chance I'm doing this film? Is there any chance like, you know, he'd let me license a song or two off of his new CD that he's touring right now. She goes, oh, let me check. Next day I get a call. Yep. You're good to go. Oh my God. He about the, fell off the chair. The penny it, just it was, dropped. So when you said this is John Carpenter music, you mean that was John Carpenter music in yeah. the film? Absolutely. I was like Holy wondering shit. I didn't, you get, didn't that. get that. I thought you meant it was like John Carpenter music. No. Well, because Stranger no, Things, the was. whole soundtrack nope. sounds just... So that's John Carpenter. Actual John Carpenter yeah. music from John Lettuce. This guy just gets teams. cooler and cooler, right? Yeah. So I'm a huge, huge John Carpenter fan. So there's, there's probably 20 different things in the film that are homages to Halloween and John That's Carpenter. so cool, man. I noticed that. It was yeah, did you? Yeah. yeah totally. Especially at the oh, end, yeah. it's Haddonfield cool. Mental Hospital. Uh, and that's the thing. I was like, oh my Dr. God. Dr. Curtis amazing. is not yeah. here. Yeah. I mean, and <laughs> the guy, and the, the guy, thing. and the doctor shows up and he's, you know, Peter Jason from a bunch of John Carpenter films. Who's so. John yeah. Carpenter's best friend. Yeah. That's I love, Todd, I love how much, you know, because like I'm a 40 year old man and how old you are, but you know, I love how you just light up like a little kid, you know, when talking about these things. It's so fantastic. We I'm we were, such a nerd. Yeah, well, so am I. And we were talking about it before, like you were talking, you know, in the film where you get beaten up. And it's, I mean, nerds rule the world now. I love how things have kind of just come full circle. I will say this, and this was something I really hoped would happen, and it did, is that um, by putting my dirty laundry of my shitty childhood onto the screen, um, I hoped that maybe that would, people I would identify with it on Absolutely. some level. And at signings, at autograph signings, I have, after seeing the film, I have people coming up and they start telling me their bully story and break down crying. Right. Wow. And just lose it in front yeah. of me and say, thank you, you're a survivor and all that. And it's that like... That kid was me without the yeah. talent in the makeup <laughs> stuff. I mean, I drew and yeah. I wrote. I, I wrote stories yeah. and I drew and I was in my imagination. Yeah. But that kid was totally me back then. I think yeah. a lot of people identify with the situation. Yeah. Because Absolutely. I think, I, I would have to say probably at least 75% of people at some point in their life were bullied in a, in a way that 
really affected them. Right. And it's messed up what some of these kids it, do, man. You know what? And, and uh, bullying is bullshit. Um, and I wanted to not glorify it, but show it as, and if, and if there was any message from this film, it wasn't, if you get bullied, raise <laughs> a supernatural up, creature uh, to yes. kill these guys violently. Although it worked well in the film for yes, me. It did. Oh yeah. So the trick that didn't kill the bullies, but you did throw the brick in that dude's car, I did, right? I which did. is awesome. I did. And I'm not saying you should do that guys, yeah. but no, the, the, that, you know, that wasn't the message I was trying to go for. If anything, if there is a message at all, it's that, um, if, you at some point in time in your life go through something like this, don't let it dictate your life. Right. Yeah. Don't let it affect you and make you feel that you're less of a person. Um, and if you don't do that, then you can turn around and be a grown up nerd like me and make movies and monsters and do whatever it is you want to do. You know, yeah. don't let that dictate who you are. Absolutely. Well, I think you've done great for yourself. So look, I mean, I could talk about the film for a while, but there's so much more I want to talk to you about. Um, but Terror, Terror of Hallow's Eve, October 2018. That's when we're looking at as a release date. Should be, yeah. All right, we'll check it out, folks. It, yeah. it really, it was impressive. Thank you. You know, okay, good. So I want to rewind. Okay. All right, I really do. I want to rewind because I, I'm fascinated with what you do. Uh, I have so many questions, Todd. But you know, the film kind of gave me a little bit of an idea because you you had this garage as a 15 year old kid and you're making all these impressive things. But so tell me, is that kind of how you started? Like, how did this talent as this creature creator start and grow well as todd's uncle i can tell you it started when yeah, he was about so Ron, seven you're his uncle <laughs> yes. i love your guys's teamwork i love it it's awesome the family or business you you have the floor he's absolutely been very artistic since he was six seven eight years old autistic or autistic <laughs> no. artistic Arr. artistic okay. is that when you started seven or eight yeah i was i started drawing and and doing stuff really young but what about the actual, because I, I mean, I drew when I was probably, yeah, seven, yeah. eight, but like what you do is incredible, right? Like the, the, the creature effects, the, the makes, makeup special effects. When did that start? Um, I started, I kind of started doing that right when I became a teenager, but back then there wasn't a lot of special effects right. makeup. There wasn't right. a lot of movies and a lot of things, you know, there was, you know, that was uh, late seventies, early eighties. So, you know, Star Wars, right. Jaws, Yoda, and, uh, the shock. you know, and Halloween. Right. were the movies of the 70s that started my my uh, my tr trip through this whole thing. But, and I started learning how to uh, sculpt and, and make masks and puppets and just weird stuff. And, it was self-taught? Uh, I started learning on my own. There was a couple books that I found, and I, I started just practicing in my garage. And then I ended up um, meeting up with two guys. Uh, I lived in Northern California in San Jose, and I ended up, I went to a Star Trek convention, and there were all these masks on display. And there was two business cards and I called the first card and I said, Hey, I'm a little kid that wants to learn effects. I'll do anything. I'll come clean your garage if I can uh -huh. come watch. And he told me to take a hike and hung up. Oh, I was like, oh okay. Busted. That didn't, that didn't work. Wow. <laughs> so I looked at the other card and I basically said, okay, I need a different game plan. I called them and I said, Hey, I've got this creature that I designed and I have $300. I want a puppet. Can you make a puppet of it? And they said, sure. And I said, but the, the thing is I want to come over and watch. And they said, yeah, no problem. So I went over and I met these guys and they had a, a little studio in the back of their mom's house and uh, ended up meeting these two guys, uh, a guy named Matt Rose and Steve Wang. And uh, they moved down here about two years later and became the biggest special effects artist in the industry. Wow. wow. And uh, opened some doors for me. So I started building up my portfolio 
at the time I was actually a studio musician also. I was playing music and doing other I stuff. I saw the photo of yeah, your crazy 80s rock band yeah. outfit, man. You look like John Bon Jovi. Jeez, right? Did you sound like John Bon Jovi, Todd? No, actually, <laughs> we were compared to sticks a lot. Sticks and, and scorpions. Which is Scorpion, our, yeah. wind of change, man. Yeah. But um, And then uh, these guys taught me, and then they moved to Los Angeles and started working, and their first film was Aliens. Wow. So I uh, One of my all-time right? favorites. One of the yeah. best... The the best science fiction action film oh of all my time. God. Um, and then um, I kept learning from them and, and I would come down, drive down here from Northern California on the weekends and come hang out with them and learn more and more. And then finally in uh, like right around 1990, I ended up moving down to Los Angeles and started working in the industry. Wow. So that's when you actually started in the industry. Yeah. This is flowing perfectly because, you know, I mean, look, I'm geeking out because I've seen a lot of the movies you've worked on. Um, you know, I want you to kind of tell me any little bit tidbits and things or other ones I've missed but Mrs. Doubtfire you worked on that film yeah. obviously it's legendary um you know Robin Williams uh Bram Stoker's Dracula I love everything about that movie apart from Keanu Reeves <laughs> but the you, you and the rest of the world <laughs> I know be nice he's a good actor that just wasn't the right part for him I love Keanu yeah. Reeves I I'm promise you when we were on set watching him. that be shot yeah uh every time he would do that accent the he entire just, studio would cringe. Right, it's he hilarious. was so miscast. Yeah, right. yeah, that and dangerous liaisons. Yeah, you know, but Bill and Ted, John Wick, sure. Point Break. He's one of my favorites. Why not? Why not? Um, but you worked on that. But then you've, I mean, the body. This is just a few. The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Yeah, uh, Apocalypto, which is one of my favorite. That film's so underrated. Watchmen, one of my all-time favorite films yeah. from Zack Snyder. I think it's so underrated. The Smurfs, we can see the the props <laughs> back. Gargamel staring at you right now. Yeah, Gargamel. <laughs> Um, G.I. Joe Retaliation. Yeah. I actually like that one. I, I love Snake too. Eyes. Yeah. I yeah, love I like Snake Eyes. Yeah. I'm Snake a total sucker awesome. for him. Yeah. Uh, Insidious, obviously. Which... No, we didn't work on Insidious. Oh, you didn't work we on did Insidious? Insidious? Okay, no. well, that's super but spooky. But I like Insidious. Yeah. That was a good one. <laughs> Uigi. Oh, we did Ouija. Yes. Right. Origins of Evil. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. Yeah. Did you work on Geostorm as well? Yes. Okay, so what did you do in Geostorm? Because that just looks like a film of crazy CGI. Well, actually, in Geostorm, uh, do you remember... I haven't seen the film, to be honest with I you. I just saw it a few weeks ago. There is somewhere in the movie, there's a scene where there's a village of frozen people and yes. everything. Yeah. Uh, we made all the frozen animals and oh all the people. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That was one of the most impressive shots of the film. Oh, good. I'll good. I'll have to watch yeah, it. It's, well, it's a crazy film. <laughs> you should probably see um, it. A Beautiful Mind? Did yeah. you work on that? Yeah. Russell Crowe? Yeah. Let me let me just say this real quick as a blanket sure. statement for all the films you just mentioned. Sure. Uh, all the a team. It is a team of people. Right, there is anywhere from, you know, six to 12 to... You know, in, in our, our company alone, we had, you know, an entire group of people. So it is a group effort um, and you're, you're only as good as your team also. Right. So I was fortunate in my career to start at a, a company that was doing major films and I was instantly, I was on hook. That was my first so film. So it connected you to a lot of these big films. Yes. And you did participate. But no, look, I love how humble you are. You know, you're humble because, look, you're extremely talented, Todd, in your own right anyway. But well, thank you. I think you're just pointing out that these are a lot of big profile films, but it was part of a bigger yeah. team. There's a lot of people out there that would like to take credit for stuff that they don't do. But I mean, we just, you know, I, I like to I like to make sure that the people that actually do the work get the credit. Right. And, yeah. uh, you know, on all the films, on all the films you mentioned, I was creative, creatively involved. I was either gotcha. sculpting, uh, painting going on set and doing makeups, designing. I was doing a bunch of different stuff. Right. But ultimately, like I said, it's it's a huge group of people that do it. And and uh, But man, what a great experience right. to be on all those films. And one thing that was amazing is I knew I wanted to direct. 
I right. knew that was going to happen. So when I would go on set, especially when I went on set of Hook, because oh, I see, I didn't even time, have that one. You worked on Hook? That was my first film. Spielberg. My all-time favorite oh my director God. was Spielberg. Right. It is Spielberg. He's, he still he is. is the there's no he's one better. He's the master. There's Come no on. one better. Yeah. So I literally sat there the entire time I wasn't in the middle of working and just stared at him <laughs> and watched him and and watched wow. how he motivated his crew and his how actors. How was that, man? Amazing. Amazing. It was a and dream come true. And And Hoffman. And I was Ugh. a huge Robin Williams right. fan. Robin Williams, Dustin yeah. Hoffman, Julia Roberts. Met them all and oh. didn't know what to do with myself. Your first <laughs> job. Yeah, I was, I was scared what to death. What a tough life. Scared to death. But, um, and then... And then after that, we, you know, we did um, that company that I was with at that point. We did Dracula and worked with Gary Oldman and Francis Coppola. Keanu and Reeves. Keanu Reeves. Um, <laughs> Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Winona Ryder, all those guys. That's right, Winona. Yeah, She's so, had a huge comeback too. God bless her because yeah. I love Winona. But I, I definitely came here though with the plan of, I had, a, I had a major game plan, which was establish myself in makeup effects. Um, I have about 75 credits of playing. I'm a SAG actor also. I've played about 75 different characters on television yeah, and film too. and, and yeah. puppeteered. We're just way too many hats. <laughs> but it was, a, it was a huge plan. I you knew do that I was so going to come cool down stuff. here and do all this stuff because no one told me I couldn't. Yeah, I, and I love that. And we're going to get there. We're going to kind of go through the evolution. I'm going to ask you about one more film just because it's a guilty pleasure of my wife's and I. And just confirm for me if you did work on it. White Chicks. <laughs> we love that movie. White I know chicks. it's so dumb, but did you no. have anything to do with White that? White Chicks was one of the hardest films I think <laughs> we ever did. Um, really? Nobody did in town, nobody in town wanted to touch that film because it was impossible I to do what they why. were asking. Because not only did they want us to take the Wayans brothers and turn them into beautiful white women, but they also had to look like the actresses that they were trying to look like in the film. Right. So I think. I feel like, you know, the characters that were created for the film that, that the team created um, worked really well and com comedically. And the guys, the Waynes brothers, pulled that off amazingly. They were great. I don't think they looked anything like no. the other actresses, but their suspension of disbelief. Come on, that, right? I mean, you how know? are you going to do that? Yeah, so, but I, I do think, you know, and, and those were long makeups. Those guys were in full body makeups, head to toe. So did you actually work on that? Uh, we, I worked on uh, with the team that built everything for the film. I did not go on set and apply okay. that makeup. But I was uh, working with those guys, you know, making the appliances, and they had, you know, we had... Uh, Wigs, lenses, teeth. We've seen body that film suits, more times than I yeah. care to admit. That like, was that was so a fun movie, but man, that was a tough one. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Okay, and then there are a bunch of TV shows as well. So again, yeah. confirm or deny. Yeah, Friends. Yeah, yeah. On Friends, um, uh, for a long time, like the greatest TV show of all time. Yeah, basically, like that was awesome. My top, one of my top shows. Do you remember when uh, Jennifer Aniston had her baby? Yes. Yeah. That was animatronic. Oh, you did the baby. Yeah, we made the animatronic Yeah, because there's baby. several episodes of her holding the baby, yeah. so it wasn't Unless a real baby. Unless it was baby. a close-up, it was animatronic, yeah. Oh, my God. Because the babies, they don't want the babies on set very long. Yeah. So, and there's also, there was also a, an episode where Joey um, waxes his eyebrows. Yes, that was brilliant. <laughs> I did that one, too. It's amazing. But that was tough, because I had to, I, they were shooting it live, so literally, he shot the scene, he had one eyebrow, he did it normal first, and then I had to put one on. He shot a scene because he only did one in the storyline, and then he does the other one again. So as soon as he finished that scene, he raced back, and I had to do the oh second one God. real quick, and oh he had to wow. race back again. So that was like, do it quick and make it good. Such and, a cool experience. You know, yeah. it's so funny. My whole family from England came out here for a, uh, my wife and I's wedding a few years ago. They just 
put on Friends and just watched it mm-hmm. during the downtime. It's such a staple internationally yeah. of American I've culture. I've heard that they're going to have a reunion. Really? Because I thought I they said it would just never happen. That. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. I mean, they should. Yeah. I would love yeah. to see it. It'd be amazing. Yeah. Okay, and then Charmed. Charmed. The show Charmed. You Charmed was great. I loved working on Charmed. I, I, and you did some acting roles I saw in your office. Yeah, because I, I went in there and uh, there was a producer on the show named JP. And, and I took JP aside and I was like, look, you guys want some really elaborate stuff. I have a, a, a deal to offer you. And I said, why don't you let me play the majority of the creatures on the show? Because I already have the head cast, the body cast, the teeth cast, lenses. I got everything we need. And I can you know cut all those costs off. And he's like, well... Let's see how you do. So uh, the first thing they had me do, I played this creature, and they're like, "Okay, yeah, that's great. You're in. You're in." Right. So I started playing the majority of the creatures on the show for from season five until the end of the season nice. the series. But and then they had me play. Finally, they had me play one character where I was a, a evil superhero, <laughs> and it was the only time you could actually tell. So it you was got to me. be yourself. So I got to. It was kind of like a Batman suit without the the headpiece. And uh, that was a lot of fun. So, and then I started doing a lot of acting after that, just um, uh, stuff for Disney Channel and yeah. So Hannah Montana, this is ones for the kids. Wizards of Waverly Place, yeah. That's So Raven. You yeah. worked on those shows. Yeah, was that fun? Uh, it was. It was a lot of fun. And and all those guys are great. Raven was amazing. She was so much fun to work with. We did all of her. Uh, she did a, an episode where uh, called Country Cousins, where I turned her into a baby, an old man, an old woman, and herself sitting at a table talking to each other so did all these these great makeups on her and then uh for wizards of waverly place that's um, uh with selena Selena gomez Gomez, right yeah Yeah. uh i did the makeup on her boyfriend when he turns into a sexy werewolf and then when he turns into an angry scary werewolf uh that was me in makeup getting beat up by a bunch of people (laughs) that's cool yeah but it was weird because they were like, hey, we got a little bit of stunts. And I'm thinking, okay, Disney Channel stunts mean, you know, I'll quit it, right? No, they brought in this uh, this Chinese stunt team and they just wow. beat the crap out of Oh, my God. Know? So how yeah. did this, um, you know, you working in the entertainment industry, so you're building up your, you know, your cr- credentials and everything. How did you transition into forming your own company, which is Illusion Industries? Right. How did that come about? Um, I guess it was about, about seven three. or eight years ago. Oh, no, it's about 13 now. No, not that you that bought, one. yes. Oh, wow, time goes. <laughs> I've been here almost 10. Wow, okay. So we basically, um, when we started Illusion Industries, uh, we, I had been partners with another, another uh, group of people, and that just wasn't working out. So Ron? Well, Todd had a chance to, to buy the company that he's been talking about all this time. He started with since 1990 with two other of the employees. Well, all the... Three of them were creative. They forgot they were in show right. business. I can see. So the business <laughs> side was lacking. Yeah. And they were together for about two and a half years. And I get a call from Todd saying, Uncle Ron, you're the business guy. You're a CPA by trade. Uh, we need some help. And one of the, one of the partners wants out. Will you buy, buy him out? So my wife and I talked about it and, He's probably the only other relative other than my daughter that I would have gotten into business with. But that was almost about nine and a half years ago. We, I bought the first guy out. Right. And then we bought the second guy out probably 
four or five months later. So you get to kind of keep things together while Todd just gets to create. When Is he goes crazy, I have to reel him back in a little bit and <laughs> well, say, wait a minute, so please remember just do it only a little bit. Remember wrong. the budget now. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. He's that guy. Yeah. But I get it. Balance. Yeah, it's a good balance. Yeah, of course. It's a good balance. You have to do it. And yeah. how great to be, I mean, I can see it. It's kind of adorable. You guys are a team, you know, and it's family. So I yeah. think that's kind of cool as yeah. well. Yeah. So we actually started Illusion Industries, what, seven? Seven and a half years. Yeah, about Illusion Industries about seven. About seven, yes. And then our the first film that we did as Illusion was uh, Smurfs. I think it was the first one, right? Yes. That's yeah. that's the live action with Neil Patrick Harris, yes. right? Yeah. Which I'm a total sucker for. Yeah. I, I wasn't a big fan of the sequel. I love Smurfs. Yeah. The first one I've seen several times. Yeah. And then they made a animated they film. Did. did you guys? The well, third I guess one. you wouldn't work on that. It's animated. No. Yeah. no, we did the first one and the second one. But the third, they were going to do the third one as live action, but they changed it. They should mind. do another one. Yeah. I loved the first one. I yeah. really enjoyed it. We designed the uh, Gargamel makeup on Hank Azaria. And then I, so cool. I went on set of uh, the second one up in Canada and did his makeup for the And over to France. Months. Yeah. Went over to France. and nice. Tough job, man. Yeah. <laughs> funny story over there you should tell them about. Oh, uh, it was just, it was, it was funny because um, uh, we were shooting a, a scene and, and they didn't have any security around and we were all outside and Hank was getting into a carriage and then at the end of the street and then they would show the carriage coming up to the scene and then he'd have his dialogue with, I think it was Sofia Degaro. And um, so at the very, very end of the street where we would put him into the carriage, we were sitting there and, and some guy came up with his kid and asked if he could take a picture with Hank and Hank oh, looks man. at me. Hank's in full makeup. Of course. Oh, Gar- as Gargamel. Gar- Gar- oh, makeup awesome. as Gargamel. And he took a picture with, with the kid and then all of a sudden a huge crowd formed oh, around him and they wanted Almost pictures. a mob type they were getting, thing. They were getting really aggressive and frustrated and I'm like, Hank, take off, take off. And I was dressed in all black. I looked like a you security look like a guard. Security guy. And so I put my makeup kit down. I'm like, whoa, 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 hey, people, wait a minute. Back up, back up, back up. And I just did this whole, Todd this whole thing. And then as makeup soon as, artist, I, as, soon as I saw he guard. was gone, I grabbed my makeup kit and I lifted it. And I showed him and I ran off. And like, <laughs> Screw that asshole. He's just the makeup guy. What's he doing? Wow. They got all French on me. Whoa. <laughs> when I told whoa. you, when I first met you, 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 know, you had your tight black t-shirt, your Ray-Ban sunglasses. Yeah. You know, you're a good looking, tall, muscular guy. I was like, wow. Wow. This guy's like an actor. Yeah, no, I was security guard that day. <laughs> but he took me out to dinner that night with his family and was like, hey, thanks for... You know. I love him. He's yeah. one of those he great is, character actors. He is uh, such a talented actor and such an easygoing, nice guy. He and was fantastic on... What's that TV show? Uh, Ray Donovan. Did yeah. you see him on that? It was on yeah. several seasons. I did get to see him uh, do a voiceover for... Uh, I think it was for The Simpsons. Because um, he would actually... Uh, at that point, because he was on location, he would actually do the voiceovers into his computer and send it over and they'd oh, use wow. it. So that was kind of interesting to hear him go in and out of character voices for The Simpsons. That's, cool. That's so yeah. cool. Fun stuff. I love being on that show. That's awesome. So yeah. what other projects then has your company, Illusions Industries, worked on? Uh, well, Smurfs 1 was the first one. And then we did a um, uh, Smurfs 2. We also did G.I. Joe Retaliation. Right. Uh, we opened up a studio in Louisiana. Yeah. Opened up a studio in Louisiana for a while, and we're doing a bunch of films there. Um, we did another film uh, called uh, The Iceman, which was the Michael mafia Shannon, film Michael Shannon and Winona Ryder. Yeah. I, I told you before, it's off mic. Very, so underrated. Very cool movie. Fantastic um, film. Did the old age makeups on Michael and, and the gore stuff. Um, created the look for Chris Evans. His uh, right. Did his yeah. wigs and all that stuff. Yeah, he's good in that, too. He was really good, yeah. And then we uh, we also did uh, Jack Reacher two. Oh, you did! We did awesome. Uh, what did you do in that? For that, we did a likeness fake body of the lead villain. Uh, there's a scene where Tom oh, Cruise is guy. falling 
from a rooftop with right. him and uh, and beating the crap out of him. And so you did it, the whole we life did the, like yeah the dummy version of, oh, of that whole thing. That's cool. And then we also did uh, the movie Geostorm, which right. is the with one we Gerard talked about Butler. with the. Uh, I saw it on the plane to England. Yeah, <laughs> with the with the uh, the frozen people and, and animals. Uh, we did Ouija, Origin of Evil, right. with, Blum, with uh, Blumhouse, Blumhouse Productions. Yeah. We also did another Blumhouse film called Stephanie, which uh, just came out on DVD, I think, a few weeks back or something. Um, and then we also, what else did we do? Well, The Passion of the Christ, the big Jesus cross over there yeah. in the corner of your yeah. studio. That was a while ago, but that was, yeah, that was, that was interesting. Working with Mel Gibson, uh, the first time I worked with him was on uh, Forever Young. Uh, you oh worked God, on that, that movie? movie? Yeah. I love that it's film. It's a beautiful film. Little and, baby Elijah yeah, Wood. Yeah. And then we did, uh, the next movie we, we did with him was uh, Man Without a Face. I've seen that. Which he directed that. Well. Yeah. He directed that he movie. Did. Yeah, Mel did. did. Yeah. And then we, Mel. Mel. <laughs> My good buddy Mel. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then I did his makeup uh, for a movie called The Singing Detective, where I did his makeup as an old age makeup, and I did uh, 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 disease makeup on Robert Downey Jr., Wow. He's covered head to toe. As a rant here, I'm happy that he's getting back yes. into the fold. Yeah. I mean, whatever you want to say about people's personal lives, Mel Gibson was always such an incredible talent. Yeah. Especially, I mean, Braveheart's one of my all-time oh, yeah. favorite films. So uh, Hacksaw Ridge, I was so, so impressed yeah. with. I love that movie. So that, I mean, I'm, I'm just something I'm really happy to Regardless see. Regardless of what you think about him personally, as a filmmaker, actor, director, yeah. genius. he's one of the best. Absolutely. Of course. Hands down, hands down. Of and, course. and it was interesting because when we worked on The Passion of the Christ, um, I actually I played like four characters in the film because oh really at that point we actually opened God, up that a, movie's rough it's, it is uh, we actually opened a digital company and talked him into letting us do the digital and the practical effects oh cool oh, that's so, so cool. we had the practical effects on one side of the street we had the digital on the other side and it was a great opportunity for us to and for me personally as a director to learn how. Uh, to combine practical and CG effects yeah. together to get amazing results. So there was actually, I think, about 148 visual effects shots in that film, oh. and we did we did miniatures like the wow. temple was a miniature, and did all kinds of of kind of Lucas style uh, approach with the current technology. And I remember, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Passion of the Christ was, because it's a hard R-rated film, yeah. he intentionally made it super violent, and it was a box office phenomenon yeah. when it came out that film yeah, yeah. it was huge and so you did because you know you toured us around your studio one of the things you did as well was the actual uh, jesus on a cross right well we we created um an animatronic version of jim caviezel on the cross because mel was like there's no way i'm going to get jim up there for the amount of time i need him and so you guys better make a full animatronic robot that can full do everything size. Full and size. it's super impressive because it's, it's so right behind impressive. me. It looks, I mean, it looks just like. And him. you said the head moves so and everything. Realistic. The head moves, his eyes blink, his mouth opens, he bleeds from his head, he breathes. I mean, it's. it's. Yeah, I've got to mention this, by the way, you know, because Todd and Ron are so casual as they're touring us through. But, you know, we're looking at all these, like, you know, there's a spider that can, like, move and all these different creatures. And then Zombies. I see some legs just, like, hanging out from a chair. And I'm like, holy shit, what's that? And he's like, oh, yeah, you know. Yeah, zombie, there's a zombie that. Its head splits in half. I mean, it's incredible stuff, man. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's. Thank you. We have a lot of fun. It here. really is, man. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So, any other project uh, projects I kind of left out that maybe you want to mention that you worked we on? Were, we were doing some as TV if it's not impressive enough. Yeah. We were doing some TV stuff also. Uh, we are. We just finished doing a Nickelodeon show called Night Squad. Cool. Um, where uh, I I go on set and do all the makeup effects, and then also we created a character uh, that 
actually airs this Saturday night for the first time uh, called Slobwick. It's a little a little puppet character that I do the voice for and puppeteer and, and we created for it. So um, so it's we do stuff cool. for, for Nickelodeon. We also did three or four other shows for Nickelodeon, the Thundermans and some other stuff. And uh, we've done a number of, of, um, of uh, pilots for Amazon. Right. Uh, we've done... The whole pilot yeah, thing, man. That's yeah. such a thing yeah it is Whew. it is so between you know between television and and uh studio films Keep we busy. also we also help people out and have done a number of independent films you know that where there isn't money but they're cool people and the project is cool that's so awesome. and you're cool people well you know yeah. try to help out people that you're are cool. cool people so, thank you all right and then of course i mean because i can see you have real passion as as a director yourself so then you directed uh, monster Mutt, which was like a kid's family yeah uh, like a kid's film right yeah i i actually um years ago i the first film that I started working on as a director was something called The Trailer Park of Terror. That's right. You said you did some assistant directing. Well, I came in and, and that's when I got in the DGA and I directed all these second What's unit. DGA? Directors Guild of America. Ah. Okay, got it. Yeah. Thank you. And, and ultimately directed uh, a good portion of the second unit special effects makeup stuff. Um, the director hadn't worked, had, hadn't directed uh, a lot of creature stuff, so I was helping him out on that respect. And that kind of opened the door for me. And then after that, uh, we also, and I produced on that film also. And then we did another film after that called Soccer Mom, which okay. is kind of like a Mrs. Doubtfire type movie where gotcha. we, we turned Missy Pyle into a male oh, I love Italian her. soccer player. <laughs> and uh, on that one, I a second unit directed on that one also and produced on that one. And then right after that, uh, we did a movie uh, that I wrote. And, and um, actually, Zach Ward helped out on this script also, oh, cool. uh, which was Monster Mutt. Cool. And uh, that was my first directing full. So you got a real itch for directing. I got, I got, and I also got to edge in. I got to learn as I right. was going That's as cool. a director, so I didn't get thrown at the wolves, you know, immediately. But then with Monster Mud, it was interesting because the investor that gave us the money for the film didn't didn't even show up. He just handed us money and said, "Go make a good film." Wow. wow. So there was no one <laughs> for us unusual. to answer to. Yeah, very unusual. <laughs> There was no one to answer to. You got so some freedom. Got a, nothing but freedom. That's so, great. but it was also kind of weird too because there wasn't a lot of people telling me what to do. Right. So it's I didn't. Down to you it's a bit daunting. Like, yeah. You make it good or you suck. So, <laughs> so luckily, it looked super fun yeah. and it, it did well, right? You yeah. know, it was, it did really well. Um, it 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 uh, won the International Family Film Festival Best Comedy. Nice. Uh, it got That's worldwide great. distribution. It got picked up by Lionsgate UK. Um, it did really well. The biggest problem with that film was that. Uh, we made it for little kids and we purposely made the dog look like a Muppety stuffed stuff animal kind of a, a character. Right. Um, and the problem was, was that the Muppets were nowhere around at that point. And when we released the film, uh, I was getting hate emails from 40 year old virgins living in their mom's basement going, Hey jerk off. Do you not know what CG is? This dog looks horrible. Wow. And now my response would have been, Hey idiot, this is for seven year old girls. Unless you have ponytails and you're a 40 year old virgin living in your mother's basement. Right. So, but then what ended up happening was right after that. Yeah. Right after that. Five months came back. Five, six months. All of a sudden the Muppet movie came out and now my emails were, you're a genius. (laughs) You were ahead of your time. (laughs) You gotta be kidding. Really? So, so that movie actually did pretty well, and, and it was a good experience for me to really learn you know, how to tell story. So and, that was the first understand. one I produced on also. You produced Monsters uh, the, okay, yeah. awesome. That's when actually Ron, right when we were filming that movie is when Ron came into the mix and started uh, and became the partner. Cool. So it was right awesome. at that point, and, and he came in as producer on the film. Um, and then 
after that, uh, we, we finished Monster Mutt and it was being sold worldwide. And then right after that, as they were selling it, the DVD market crashed. Wow. Right. Right. Blockbuster closed. Yeah. Oh my God. And it was Rest like, oh peace. my God. Blockbuster. Oh. So it was really hard to figure out how to make money making independent films when DVDs didn't right. exist right. anymore. Right. So at that point, we, Ron and I were getting rid of the old partners and opening Illusion and decided that if we were going to open the new effects company, that we would need to uh, reestablish ourselves. Uh, and get ourselves to that A-level makeup effects company again. So that's, I, I stopped directing, we stopped producing, and we just focused on the makeup effects as the new company. Creating the creature creation. Create, creating the creatures and ultimately uh, proving ourselves going on set and, and as this company with Ron and myself, uh, reestablishing the credibility. Which I think you did in spades. Yes. <laughs> we did. I mean, from seeing this place, it's yeah. extremely impressive. Yeah, and we were doing all kinds of different films. We were doing old age makeups, creatures, uh, puppets. I mean, we were we were doing all kinds of different stuff. So it was it was great to be able to. And then building some stability. Did that give you the wherewithal to then go back into Terror of Hallows Eve, or how did that come about? Well, we're kind of coming full circle now. After after about I think it was about three years or so, three or four years uh, after we established ourselves and we were back on track. We then, actually opened a. a division in louisiana also that's right because you it went over that. there so we had the, is we that had still both there? location do you have a section still in louisiana no, we, no. We shut it down okay. about what two years ago yes two or okay. years ago what, just before the tax incentive disappeared. went away from oh, over wow. there we had good timing on that one <laughs> but uh and we also oddly enough uh had a division of illusion industries in moscow russia wow we got approached by them and and uh the ex-film commissioner of the ussr yeah. approached us about Jesus. being his partner. So we, we had a, a... doesn't sound dodgy at all, Ron. <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> but we went over there and, and we did like three or four films with them. We did something called La Dome. Uh, we did old age makeups for that. We did uh, uh, Stalingrad, which mm. is actually the biggest Russian film ever. So we I have heard of that. that. Yeah, yeah, I haven't so. seen that, but I've heard of it. And then uh, after that, uh, it then streaming started happening. Right. That's right. And that became the new outlet for independent films right. like, like DVDs used to be. and everything. Yeah. yeah. So then at that point, we started talking and said, okay, we're at a point now. We've established the company. Um, my passion really is to direct you know, projects and, and, and create and write and all that. So we decided that we would uh, start opening that door again. And we started working on a project. Um, and spent about a year developing that project. And then uh, instantly we were offered uh, money to do a smaller project. And that's when we wrote The Terror of Hallow's Eve, put the other project on the back burner and jumped into The Terror, which I was happy because if we were going to come back with something, it needed to be something really good. Right. And it, it had to be done on a budget. When did you first, because again, this film is based on true events when you were a kid, which yeah. I think that's what really will resonate with a lot of people. Yeah. Um, when did you first, you know, write the script treatment or like, when did, when did the idea form? After my daughter came home from high school and was being bullied. Wow. When was that? Like, that was, that was, she was three years ago. 15. Wow. She's eight, yeah, yeah, she's 18 now, 15. Yeah, yeah. yeah she came home, and, and all of a sudden, when she came home and told me what was going on, I just went into an instant flashback, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah. right. now I'm getting mad. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, if, if I'm going to, you know, if we're going to come up with the concept and do this, this new movie, uh, it better be something solid. It right. better be something that's more than just a gory 
horror film that's right. like everything else. No, it's smart. Well, it's, it's I wanted it to, I wanted it to connect with people. Yeah. There had to be something about it that gave it substance. And I figured, again, just putting my crappy laundry onto the table at least made it something that was real and grounded, that was easy for me throughout the entire film to just think for a moment what it was like. Okay, boom, this was here. Well, you had to here. pause a few times. After some of the scenes, you were... I saw him and he'd walk off over in kind of the corner and just yeah, kind of reliving all kind of that. Cathartic. It was rough. There was a few yeah. times when... Well, the, the main scene... It's like a healing process. We had... That, that we have in it when the, the mother and, and uh, dad she was are, so good. are fighting. Yeah. The actress who played yeah. your mom, she was so good. She, oh, she did great. But when they had that scene and Todd, right after the first take, said, Cut. Nobody said a word. Wow. Everybody was just silent. So that part was The entire real crew yeah. didn't say a word. And someone finally said, boy, that was deja vu, deja vu wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, and by and the way, spoilers, I love how Todd's in the movie in <laughs> yeah. the end. <laughs> you put yeah. yourself in it. And I probably don't want to talk about it too much for, you know, all the listeners because I want much, you guys to go watch it. Was it was much cheaper to use me. <laughs> <laughs> we, actually I, some, I, we actually have someone cast. He that, looks that like that an can, actor. Can, canceled just the day before. Oh, the person who was cast was for the role. Was coming in yeah. had, to ca- had to cancel. And we had everything set up, so we basically... So Todd was like, what about me? No, I said, what about you? (laughs) There you go. I wasn't going to do it, but I I just made... You know, I took myself out of the situation and went, okay, look, if if people watch this movie and they can say, okay, yeah, by the way, that that crazy bastard at the end is the actual guy that the story is about. That's what I thought was so cool. Yeah, that kind of gives you something. Yeah, Yeah. I actually thought that had more impact. I hoped it would. Yeah. I hoped it would, you know... And, and of course, most people who see the me. film are going to never even know it's me. So, well, apart from hope, I mean, you're, you're going to be in the credits, yeah, right? And yeah, then but writer and director, yeah, yeah. But I don't, I, I don't think most people will make the <laughs> connection. So, and actually, I'm okay with that. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. just I don't want to take them out of the movie. I don't want them just to. The really smart ones will, you know, the real geeks will see it and they'll go, uh, that's I, smart. I, I, um, it's funny. For the first time in my career, uh, as of last year, I started getting recognized on the street. And it had nothing to do with any of the movies I what worked was it on. For? I am a judge on a reality show called Halloween Wars right. on the Food Network. Oh, that's awesome. It's on so hold on. It's on the food. That's right. My wife told me about this. So explain the show. <laughs> it's awesome. Hey, it's, you brought it up. <laughs> it's the greatest show. No, I what, love this show. What it's, don't you do, Todd? <laughs> uh, I don't cook. <laughs> Did your wife do that? <laughs> Thank God. Yeah, I'd be a dead man. All right. So tell us about the show. Um, it sounds they, fascinating. Basically, it's it's a it's a competition show, and these uh, they have food and cake experts and all these guys that come in and they make these full on. Um, creature character design oh. like they make a setting from a film almost like a but they're cakes they're they're all food and pumpkins wow. they use pumpkins and, wow. pumpkins and and it's amazing so, so when they pieces of art yeah so when they called me uh they said hey we want you you know we'd like to know if you'd be interested on in being on the show and i've been real careful that i don't go on too many reality shows because sure. they're so many of them are such you know they're they're not real right and yeah. i'm like if i'm going to put my I name think. on it as todd tucker you know, is, is everything real or what? And they said, absolutely down to, to everything. So I went on the show and I also watched what a lot of the old judges the, of where I, that I was replacing, right, what they had Halloween done in the past, Wars. Halloween Wars. Right. Yeah. And I was watching what the, what the judges from previous episodes had done and, and 
it wasn't anything, um, you know, they had a guy that was a, a special effects guy. And I'm like, man, if you're, if you're a special effects guy, do some special effects while you're on the show, you know, right. like, like give them something. So when I went on the show, I brought all these puppets and makeups and I put oh, myself in makeups and they did all the love joke, crazy stuff. So it worked out really well on the show. They, I, if I'm correct, I believe they told me that the show, um, the season last year's season, which, uh, was season seven, which aired last October. If I'm correct, they said that it was the second highest, uh, rated show in the history of the Food Network. That's fantastic. So I was like, oh, that's great. So, so you were on season seven. Season seven. And now? And then they re- and then we shot season eight, um, November of last year, which will air this October. They have right. to do that because they use pumpkins, and pumpkins aren't right. in season right. yet. Right. They do, right after it airs, they do the next year's. Yeah. That's so cool. And now you're being time. recognized for so this now show. I'm being, and they just called me today and said, You deserve uh, it, man. Season nine. I'm on season nine. We shoot nice. in like two months. So. Hey, I told but you. I, I think you're a rock star I love, in the oh, nerd oh, world. Yeah, you know? I, I'm a rock nerd. <laughs> you are, though. <laughs> Seriously. But um, it's so much fun. I love doing that show. It's And, and everything's real on it. I mean, last season... You know, the time frames that they get to make these displays is, is completely real. Last season, one of the guys uh, chopped his finger, had to be rushed to the Ooh, hospital. Wow. Stitches came back, finished the display. I mean, it's all real. Everything on that show is real. And it's, it's, it's kind of sad because at, at the end of every show, when we have to eliminate a team, literally, it's me and the judges afterwards when we're done filming. There's two other judges on two the show. Two other judges show. on the show. Um, we go, we have, we go upstairs and, and like, these guys are breaking down crying oh, and it's, yeah. it's really devastated. sad. I mean, it's a, cause they're going to win 50 grand at the end of this wow. and they've all put three a lot mem- into it. Three members on each team. Yeah. So they're really going for it. So it's like those cooking shows yes. but set in this whole world of Halloween. Yes. That's so it's, cool. It man. is by far Smart. the best reality show on television. That's fantastic. We'll yeah. definitely check it out. It's really cool. Okay, cool. So with you know, with your company, Illusion Industries, because we're kind of winding down now, and I, I've loved talking with you guys. Uh, you do great work. You Thank really you. do. And again, I love your passion and enthusiasm. I think that's the best part. You're clearly doing something you love. Absolutely. You know, and you're creating on it, which is which is so cool. Um, do you have any other kind of, obviously you've got Terrors of Halloween, which is coming out in October. Do you have any other upcoming projects or anything you want to mention or talk about? We have a, uh, a brand new project that we are working on, um, which we are actually talking to investors next week. Uh, we have it scripted as a, uh, as a feature, but also uh, have it set up as a backdoor pilot for a series. Nice. So we're going to actually be going out to feature people and series people with this project and see it screams series. It's very similar to the X-Files nice. um, and lots of monsters, lots of creatures, um, but a great storyline and uh, definitely a passion project for me. It's something we were working on before we did the terror. It's the same the project that we oh, had going, I got it. Okay. but we vamped it up and made it even cooler. Very cool. Um, so right now we are we are pushing that. We just got uh, two new big studio shows that we're doing makeup effects for um so we are doing uh creature effects and makeup effects in the back while i'm in the front trying to get investors and people to <laughs> to give us what we need to move well you forward. have to go on back every once in a while and help them out well you know what it's it's really cool because I, it's so important to have the right team around you of course and we have uh, a guy named martin astles who is our one of our key artists and key designers and he's been with us for 15 years. And right now we have the best team around us we've ever had. And ultimately, you know, when we did the Terror of Hallow's Eve, we had a great team. Uh, your team is everything. That's why I really try to credit people for what they do because 
Uh, it didn't happen a lot with me as I was coming up the ladder. Yeah, I can see that that's important to it you, is which important I really respect. Well, but, I do. but why wouldn't you? Of course, yeah. you I mean, should. These guys well, are amazing. Well, it's Hollywood. Come on. Well, there, I guess. Yeah. But that's, that's yeah. so important. You're, I mean, I have to mention this. You're so non-Hollywood, Todd. I've yeah. been told that's a bad thing. It's not. <laughs> no, it's I a great I tell you, thing. it's not. I've been told that I will get You've been told that by the that. Hollywood people. Well, you know what? <laughs> I was, and I, I basically told the guy to take a hike and, yeah. and uh, who who told me that and right after that i'm not saying it should be a pushover obviously no. i'm just saying you're real you're down to yeah. earth and i i mean that's one of the first things that because look again that's not the first impression that someone might get just by looking at you especially when you've got your sunglasses you should have seen him the first time i saw him and then five minutes again to know him i was like oh this guy's like me he's so cool i i actually give a very bad first impression no you didn't <laughs> be like oh god this guy's gonna be a jerk I, so. I thought you did great. Um, well, look, um, here's one thing I, I kind of want to, you know, talk about briefly as we kind of close out the interview. Uh, I could probably be here all night chatting with you guys, but I'm sure we have to go home at some point. <laughs> um, th there's obviously I'd love to hear about movies just in general that inspire you creatively. Yeah. But one thing I love that, you know, hopefully this episode is going to bring a spotlight on as well to all the listeners. We do a lot of episodes. We've done episodes with like a, a costume designer, mm -hmm. uh, with music composers, you know, um, people who work on those different genres of film that don't necessarily get the, the spotlight on them. And, and creature effects, uh, special effects, makeup effects is something I've been so passionate about and like as a kid I grew up with Star Wars and Yoda mm -hmm. yep. and the Muppets sure. and Labyrinth which is my wife and I one of our all time Dark favorite Crystal. my favorite movies we watch Dark it Crystal. Yep. Dark Crystal I mean there, you know Willow, Willow. actually real Legend. Quickly, when I first moved down here or when I was moving down here I was moving down here to work for Jim Henson no. oh that's incredible and then he died so sad. Two weeks before I was moving down. He went into a depression and after I, Labyrinth. because I went into a depression. Are I you wish, kidding? I wish he <laughs> knew how yeah. much that film is beloved now. You know, Jim, breaks my heart. I used to watch interviews with Jim Henson. And the thing for me as I grew up, I wanted to, I wanted to be the same type of person, which was somebody that inspired your, your team. Yeah. Because I would watch him and he would, he would walk around and talk to all of his talented, you know, artists and everything. And literally he was so genuine with them and real and ultimately by doing that and, and and motivating them he got amazing stuff from them you don't have to be a jerk in fact no, people you, you get don't. less and and worse work when you're you know, mean and negative and all that of course i watched Absolutely. him he would people would light up when he would come in it he was commanded like, their respect yeah yeah, yeah. So and I, they want to they want they want to do a great yes. job for you because they want you to no i'm please. a geek so yeah. i watched like a two-hour featurette of labyrinth yeah. with him with all the, yes. the crew and it was just incredible and all the because it, i mean now it's having a comeback these creature yeah. effects it yeah, really is which time. i'm so happy to see yeah. you know because P everyone went crazy with cgi especially you know lucas with Too the prequels right. you know well but and i understand kind of why they did that you know look at what they can do now with sure. all this computer effects but you can't replace no. that just the way it, like hoggle you know right. you know from labyrinth or these different creatures and Yoda, I mean, mm -hmm. the well, way it's that it's every incredible. fan of Star Wars prefers Yoda puppet, of course, over digital course. Yoda. And they used a puppet, right, in the Last Jedi. They I believe did. they did. I did. They did. You know why though? Because it works. Of course, the reason, you the simplicity of a practical effect is 
is what grounds that character when you see it. Right. And it's when you have too much going on and, and you're trying too hard. And sometimes with digital characters, that's the problem. And you somehow lose the natural feeling of this thing being organically real and right. in that moment. So it's like for us, anytime we can, and even when we were back in the day doing the passion of the Christ and we had major digital and major practical going at the same time, it, we found, and I found personally that it is always way better to start with something that is a practical. Yeah. And then I love CG. CG is great and it has a great place in filmmaking. It yeah. has its place. It absolutely yeah. has its place. And if, if applied correctly, you can't tell. Right. You know, and that's that's the exact right point, that balance. Right. Of practical effects and the digital effects. Right. Um, Like you talked about it earlier, having like the perfect balance to make it magic and and not one overtaking the other. Right. Because when when one takes over the other, it takes you out of the film. Yes, absolutely. And the second it takes you out of the film, it's really hard to get back in the film. So there are so many films that I think try so hard to to give you so much in such yep. a short amount of time, oh, it's overkill. Totally. Yeah. So for me, and that's this is going back to the old Spielberg storytelling type of movies, take a little bit of time to put your audience in the situation, understand the characters, know kind of where this is going, and then... Yes. Speaking of Spielberg, E.T., e- e- man. E.T. E- Jaws, Bruce, the, the robotic <laughs> yes. shark that they had so much trouble with the shark ended up not being in the film nearly as much as right. they want, which added to the, the yeah. suspense. It, it made the film it better. It did. You know, and it brings it all the way back to, I mean, Doug Jones, who's trickster in your film. Yeah. Look at him in Pan's Labyrinth or Abe Sapien, those different characters. And you're right. They're just, they're brought to life. Right. Which I love. So, so I'm Tony, the movie guy. And I want to close out by asking you, what, what are some of the films? And it doesn't even just have to be films that have, you know, great, makeup and special effects but what's what are some of the films that really inspire you or some of your like favorite movies i'd love to wow. hear your take well for for me as a i know kid, it's hard to say like just a no few. if i had to give you like my <laughs> top five or six i would say for me as a kid uh star wars was a huge one right of course one of and, the greatest the and original uh, trilogy and the wizard of oz yeah yeah judy garland was one of the best ones <sighs> Uh, for me, Jaws. Yep. Yeah. Changed my life. Haven't been in the ocean since. <laughs> I'm not kidding. You the and first half, the half of the planet, right? Um, Halloween yep. for right. me was a big one because I couldn't sleep at night and that never happened before. And I would say, you know, I was a huge, huge fan of Henson. I, Dark Crystal was also one of my favorite that ones. That was spooky as a kid. It Very was, spooky. it was pretty creepy. It, it like creeped me out. Yeah, yeah. I went labyrinth. I, uh, Dark Crystal's awesome, but yeah. it was creepy. It was it was really creepy. But you know those films for me, and there was, and at that point there really wasn't a lot of other films like that. So it yeah. wasn't like it had been done to death. You know, so those films were fresh. And the other thing is too is back in those days there wasn't phones, cell phones, there wasn't internet and all that. So when a movie came out, it was an event, right? Yeah. It was, you were waiting you for it. You can't just Google it. No. Yeah. And you couldn't just go online and find pictures and find all this information. It's I mean, crazy when you think about that. So, and I, and I tell my kids, I'm like, oh, to grow up in the eighties, you know, the seventies and the eighties and have all of that stuff happening is you're a kid and be able to engross yourself in that when there wasn't a lot of other stuff. It for me changed my life. Totally. It literally brought me to where I'm at now. So it's amazing. And I was an only child who went to the movies every single weekend 
for at least six or seven hours a day. I would go watch movie after That's movie. That's what I used wow. to do as a kid. Loved yeah. it. Loved it. So I used for to me, it was live an escape. in the theater. <laughs> yeah, it was an escape, you yeah. know. But that's why, you know, it's important as a filmmaker that when you make a film, you should try to create something that is going to connect with an audience. You're never going to connect with every audience because that's never going to happen. Right. But know who your audience is and make sure, like I tried to do with the terror, make sure that you create something that when they walk away, they're thinking about it. And they remember. And the next day they're thinking about Mm -hmm. it. That's, that's, you know, and if you can do something too that, that touches people in some way, um, that's always a really, really special, cool thing. Yeah, man, you do great work, and it's been a pleasure talking to you both. Um, it it truly has. So, um, you know, I'd love to have you guys on the the show again sometime, and we're going to be looking out for that movie when it comes out in October. Awesome. Um, that's all I have, Miss Money. Any? I no. know I've kind of hijacked the whole episode. Do you want to say anything nerd, to these so fine okay. gentlemen? Um. No, I love it. <laughs> I, I was such a big fan of the movie. I'll be running to the theater. To oh, watch that's it awesome. With my friends. That's yeah. awesome. It was fun to watch you guys jump a little, too. I host good. a, the girls a yearly uh, scary movie night, so I'll screen it at my scary oh, movie night. Oh, nice. Yeah. Awesome. That's right. We'll have everyone watch it then. There that's was like awesome. 20 people in my living room this last Oh, night. really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Screaming women. Everyone <laughs> screaming in unison and then a couple of men. You know? yeah. Oh, it's no, screaming I, in I, unison, right? Literally. <laughs> it's been so much fun and seeing all of this, and it's like, Good work. Well, thank you. I'm glad you guys were able to come out and, and yeah, see the, awesome. the studio and watch the film. Oh, it's so impressive. Well, Ron, Todd, thanks so much. It's been a pleasure. Good night, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Good night. Good Thanks so much for listening to another new episode of Tony the Movie Guy, the podcast. Just a reminder, you can follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Tony the Movie Guy. You can email us at Tony the Movie Guy podcast at gmail.com. You can support us by becoming a patron on Patreon of the podcast. We would really appreciate that. And also rating and reviewing our podcast on iTunes. And thanks again so much for Todd Tucker and Ron Halvis for inviting us to come and screen The Terror of Hal's Eve for us and give us this amazing interview and tour us around your studio. We loved it. And you can follow all of the stuff that they are doing with Illusion Industries and The Terror of Hallow's Eve on Facebook and Twitter. We will put all of their links in the show notes, so make sure to check them out, follow them, support them. These are two of the nicest guys I've ever met, so really do support them because they are just amazing. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye.